Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Kings Waking About, uh, KCL Radio's home of sports discussion. Uh, so, again, it's December. Uh, football's coming thick and fast every single day. Where do you want to begin, Alf? Uh, I think we should begin uh, with our little venture uh, in the midweek. Um, obviously, uh, we haven't uh, seen each other since the summer with uh, uh, Aki still being in Northamptonshire. Uh, yeah. to meet up in October, obviously the lockdown came. Uh, and so we thought, what better way to meet up than to watch a football game, which we can do with the many non-league clubs in Northamptonshire. And yep. so on uh, Tuesday night, we had a very enjoyable evening. That very enjoyable evening. Yep. Uh, so Brackley Town, a club in South Northamptonshire, a fairly old club, National League North. So that's the sixth tier of the pyramid, for those who don't know. Yeah. And it was just a great night. Uh it was fantastic. We got talking to a, an a Sheffield United season ticket season holder who, who stood next to us, saw some football. It was just great to hear a ball being kicked around and some intensity being seen and just a vibe uh, above all. And, you know, you remembered why you enjoyed going to football in the first place because it's very easy to forget in, in the times we live in. No, absolutely. Uh, obviously, Brackley Town... Um... Uh, perhaps most famous for being the club where Christian Pulisic uh, spent a year as a youth team player, um, and uh, yeah, it was it was a really enjoyable uh, uh, conversation uh, with the Sheffield United fan. Uh, yeah. It was uh, Stuart, uh, probably around sixty years old. Uh, yeah, had, uh, been around the block uh, a few times, and um, we've got a few great little uh, anecdotes uh, from that. And uh, yeah, two pound fifty for a sausage roll and bovril. Happy, happy days. Well, that's non-league for you. That's the beauty of it. A good game of football, a, a, a char near the end. And again, you remembered why we do this in the first place. And you know, for someone who kind of became detached in a way, it felt good to be back. Yeah, we. Um, it was uh, also um, uh, a very good game as well. Uh, yeah, which is an added bonus. Um, an entertaining. Uh, manager for Royston Town who uh, fitted uh, every stereotype of a long league manager. Um, 3-2, missed penalty, uh, plenty of action uh, to feast upon. Uh, and so, yeah, it was it was a really enjoyable night and I'm definitely looking forward uh, to doing another uh, Northamptonshire club again soon. Yeah, it, it was a thrilling FA Trophy game and we'd recommend getting out in non-league grounds. You know, it's easy to dismiss that level, but Believe me, you can still have a great time. Yeah, you you, you really can. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, it's 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 the perfect thing to do on a Tuesday night when um uh, there are only uh, two games of footy uh, on in the in the Premier League. Yeah, indeed. So yeah, make the most of non-league football. So back to the uh, fully professional stuff. Uh, where do you want to begin with that, Alf? Um, well, uh, we've talked about. Uh, I, I think we should talk about Sheffield United. Uh, okay. Leading us in nicely to both uh, some key Premier League chat um, and uh, tying in uh, the conversation we had with last year at the Sheffield United fan. So, uh, about Sheffield United, uh, I-, I kept an eye on the game yesterday. Uh, Sheffield United took the lead. They gave an okay account of themselves, but you know, I think Manchester United, uh, believe it or not, showed some quality for once. And uh, scored some decent goals. It was, um, yeah, um, uh, another example where um, uh, 
uh, as as Stuart said, I mean the the injuries that Jack O'Connell has really uh, compromised Sheffield United system. Um, Jack Robinson, decent squad player, but you know can't really quite fulfil that. Um, that. Sheffield United started really really brightly indeed, and um, it was a shame that uh, Sonderberger um, was uh, got injured after just uh, ten minutes, uh, and then obviously. I think to bring on Phil Jagielka, who went into centre-half and, you know, they moved uh, Chris, ba- Chris Basham up into defensive midfield, which, again, uh, is another uh, non-perfection, uh, ideally, of the squad. And, you know, that's a very defensive um, midfield uh, five, if you have uh, Ethan Ampadu uh, alongside him. Um, and it's just, um, it, it's like we've discussed earlier and like Stuart has said, it's, you know, uh, every player has just lost, you know, a 10% or 20% sharpness. Um, and obviously in the cutthroat nature of the Premier League, that's all uh, accumulated. Um, and also, uh, psychologically, it's got to hit you because yeah, yeah. there are games that they maybe should have won too. And uh, the luck just not going your way, I think, just being so ill-fated, it's got to dampen spirits in that camp. Um, I think they'll take positives um, from the work rate, though, uh, of the performance. And, um, excuse me, some of the attacking moves going forward, um, especially with the pace of Burke and McGoldrick was uh, particularly effective. Mm. And uh, McGoldrick helping himself to two goals uh, will do his confidence a lot of good indeed. Uh, Indeed, yeah. So... He wasn't happy about the first goal, though, Wilder, how it was a straight ball through. Yeah. But then again, that's them switching off. But, yeah, uh, it's one thing I read, uh, something history being made. Sheffield United, I think it's the worst start to a top-flight season yeah. ever. Um, but uh, Chris Wilder is certainly not one uh, to walk away from a fight, uh, as we were discussing. Um, you know, he's um, obviously... Uh, in his first season as Northampton Town manager in 2014-15, you know, the side were lingering at the bottom of the league uh, on the cusp of relegation and, you know, players hadn't been paid for three months. Um, he always has a strict code of conduct within his squad as well, um, which is uh, particularly uh, important to them. And, you know, the, the Mark Duffy example, uh, which which Stuart was talking about, was particularly interesting. Um but as, as I say, I mean, I, I, it, it's very difficult, even with poor sides around them, it's very difficult to see how they'll survive this season, especially with, I mean, we can talk about the uh, sudden bit of sacking next up, but, you know, uh, yes, it's not exactly a, you know, profit truth with uh, Sam Allardyce, but um, it, look, he, we all know that he's never been relegated from the Premier League before and we'd be surprised to see it happen again um, but I don't expect um, uh, Sheffield United to do a derby and only get 11 points this season that's for sure and be two uh, crucial fixtures coming up one of which uh, this weekend against Brighton That is true uh, yeah uh, I, I think that's bad, the appointment of Allardyce is bad news for Sheffield United and West Brom will become more resilient at least Yeah, and We'll, we'll get the odd point. They'll especially uh, be more competitive in games, I feel, against uh, sides in and around them. Yeah. I think but that yeah, uh, leads us uh, nicely into a West Brom chat. Um, obviously, um, uh, when uh, Aki's parents kind of gave me a lift to a Bista Village uh, train station, 
um, we, uh, scrolling through Twitter uh, on our phones, uh, found out that despite uh, West Brom's uh, very respectable draw at Manchester City, um, Southern Billich would be sacked regardless the next day and Sam Allardyce would come in. Uh, this has obviously caused a big stir. Um, and, uh, I mean, my, my thoughts are just in it is that uh, Billich needed backing, uh, not sacking. Well, indeed, but the results weren't coming and maybe uh, maybe the Odors felt that they were playing way too expansively. Uh, they've been competitive in games, but they haven't been uh, putting their chances away. I mean, against Newcastle, where they lost 2-1, they had the majority of position that, possession. They had 13 shots, so no shortage of those. And uh, just generally, they've been playing well, but not getting results. Uh, yeah. With Allardyce still tied up in defence and those two ones could turn into one ones and you get what I'm saying. Yes, no, no, that's exactly right. Um, I mean, and and, and also like there is the the conversation about centre forwards. Um, Southern Bilic has been, you know, ranging a lot out of this squad, but perhaps one area where he has slightly failed to do that is with his centre forwards. Um, But I mean, with Carlin Grant and Charlie Austin, um, I mean, those are two players who have the potential to be, you know, quality Premier League goal scorers, um, poachers maybe, you know, uh, if not, you know, all round centre forwards, and um, uh, Sam Allardyce will, will will certainly be focusing on that as well as you know uh, the talents of um, uh, Dean Garner, Pereira, uh, Romain Sawyer's. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, balance he strikes between you know those those flair pay, flair players in attacking midfield uh, for West Brom. Uh, I'm sure he'll take a liking to um, Conor Gallagher, uh, yeah. a very industrious centre midfielder, but with nice quality as well. I mean, to be honest, I, I can't really see it being anything other than a 4-3-3. Uh, three, three. And I think in the three, it's going to be Livermore and Gallagher, and it just depends who that third man is going to be. Um, well, uh, it was uh, Kravinovic against Newcastle. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Kravinovic is another one where um, the writing might be on the wall for him. He doesn't strike me as a particularly Allardyce heavy uh, player, uh, despite his you know ability to come and uh, drop deep and do the dirty work when when necessary. Um, it's it, it, it's a massive game for Allardyce to start with at home to Aston Villa. Um, you know, a side a, f- a fellow side who are struggling for results in recent games. Well, well, it's worth noting that against Man City, they played a four-one-four-one. Yeah, um, and I mean, uh, we we perhaps can will be able to see a continuation of that. I mean, another possibility is for him to go full Allardyce with a four-four-two, and you know, maybe a a midfield pair of uh, Conor Gallagher and Jake Livermore, and then maybe uh, shunt uh, creative players such as Sawyer's or Pereira onto the wings, for, and then they're allowed to you know cut inside. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that lineup uh, coming out on uh, Sunday evening. Mm, indeed. So yeah, that that'll be interesting to see, and hopefully, uh, uh, they are uh, a big game. They are at home to Aston Villa, so another uh, fanless, unfortunate derby. But yeah, uh, tough game for them. Where do you want to go next, Al? Um, I, th- I think we'll uh, uh, continue with some uh, a little bit of Premier League chat. Um, yeah, it's been a while. It, and uh, I mean, uh, I'd quite like to talk about Chelsea. Um, obviously, the game was happening in yeah. our, our pub with our substantial meal before the uh, Brackley game. Indeed, um, we did have our substantial meal, so no rules broken there. And 
we um, we were discussing how uh, Chelsea are seeming to uh, swat away uh, the weaker sides this season. Uh, and that's been, you know, confirmed by the stats. They're yet to beat a side in the top half of the season that have only scored five goals against them. And uh, it happened again against Wolves uh, in the midweek. Um, Chelsea failing to see the game out and allowing Wolves back into the game. And to be honest, by the 95th minute, Wolves are probably deserved winners. Um, and it's linked uh, perhaps to our friend uh, Louis, uh, who's, you know, saying that uh, Chelsea's squad is a team of frauds. Uh, who can only break down the, these lesser sides and can't step it up for these uh, these crunch games, which uh, they're going to need going to be needing to win if they're to finish in the top four. Well, it it is true they have been poor, but then again, uh, you look at uh, Spurs and another thing I said about uh, their XGs against the top six are just terrible. Mm. Yeah, no, no, but something like that. I mean. Perhaps it's a bit of a you know a, a fluctuation back to these um uh, you know the the, the mid noughties of uh, uh, the Mourinho era of the Premier League where you know uh, systematic attacking moves weren't really a thing uh, no. and it's you know uh, a, a reversion back to this you know uh, focus and emphasis and reliance on individual quality uh, to break down teams. Um, and I mean that's also evident in you know games against uh, these lesser sides. You know it's it, it's quite easy to just you know when when you know <laughs> you've got Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, Timo Werner, Christian Pulisic on the pitch to just go yeah do your thing. <laughs> um, and I mean if you know that's that's what you're lining up with. I mean goals are goals are pretty likely. Indeed, yeah, uh, you would think so, but. Uh... Would you say it's a lack of the uh, the lack of spine with Chelsea too? I mean, they have experience at the back with the likes of uh, Thiago Silva, yeah. and they bought him for that purpose. But they still seem to concede these goals. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's it, it it it's slightly ironic with you know a player as you know uh, decorated and you know um, captain material, if that makes sense, as Frank Lampard at the helm, um, seeing out games is a key issue. Um, you'd expect him to really hammer home that message. Uh, but I think it, it is perhaps a problem with personal in that respect. But then again, you know, like, like Thiago Silva's in their defence. Um, storied captain for PSG in Brazil. Um, uh, so it, so so that is particularly frustrating to see. Um, I mean, it's also, you know, like, Wolves have similar quality, you know. Uh, going forward, I mean, Pedro Neto and Daniel Pedenz are really growing into their roles. Um, ditto Fabio Silva. I mean, with every touch, he's you know uh, becoming a more and more effective Premier League player. Um, so it's a difficult balance uh, for Chelsea, and um, I mean, West Ham are going to be posing similar problems to Wolves. Um, Indeed, West Ham have done well. They had a well, a satisfactory, I'd say, draw against Crystal Palace, uh, and. Uh, yeah, I think uh, they've really stepped up the game, especially against bigger sides. So that that'll be a good clash. And uh, they gave Manchester United a fair shout. Uh, so I think they can really cause Chelsea problems, and this will be a real test. Yeah, it, it really will be. Um, uh, West Ham are doing well to get back into the game against Crystal Palace in midweek. Um, you know, when a side goes down against uh, goes goes a goal down, sorry, I should say against Crystal Palace. Um, that's rarely a good sign. Um, you know, they're so uh, uh, tenacious 
in their defending when they're defending a lead. Uh, and, uh, yeah. you know, a bit of quality from Sebastian Allaire, who is another player who's, you know, growing into his role uh, this season, uh, building on that amazing goal at Bramall Lane uh, earlier this season. And, um, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely fancy their chances with um, uh, little pressure on them. Uh, considering they're 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 already out of the but we know what could happen with West Ham. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Topsy turvy Premier League teams, all sorts of things happening. Yep. Uh, any fixtures you're looking forward to apart from the ones we've mentioned? Uh, Everton and Arsenal looks uh, enticing. Yeah, it, it just depends whether um, Ancelotti can you know continue this uh, uh, sort of mini resurgence, uh, as it were. Um, uh, for Everton, uh, a particularly impressive performance away at Leicester in midweek. Um, very diligent, very professional. Um, you know, utilising set piece as well, and then albeit getting a lucky breakthrough after a Cashman Schmeichel error and goal. Um, you know, Arsenal, you know, uh, more desperate for a win. Um, and, you know, it, it will be interesting to see how Everton uh, adapts because, I mean, in recent weeks, this this new run of results for them, unlike their far start of the season, it's been games where they haven't dominated the possession of the ball and they have had to sit back. Uh, but it looks likely that against uh, Arsenal, Arsenal on the weekend, they, they, they're going to have to, you know, have the onus on them uh, a lot more. Um, well, Arteta prided his Arsenal team on defence. That's where the little success they've had this season's come from. Yes. See, I sense that Arsenal will sit back and hope that... Uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette can actually tuck the ball away this time. Yeah, um, you know it's it's been that uh, the, this this age old question this season of you know how to utilize Aubameyang the best. Uh, Jonathan Wilson done a really good piece on this with the Guardian. Um, you know, logically, you want your best goal scorer to be central up front and getting a lot of goals. But you know, uh, this uh, increased tactical trend of uh, players cutting in off a wing and using the increased speed you get off diagonal runs to, you know, uh, uh, make more incisive runs into the box, you know, give a bat, giving yourself bat angles for finishes. Um, and then, uh, you know, that may see a return uh, to the lineup for Eddie and Ketia or even for Balogun, uh, both of whom have uh, really impressed me ropely. Uh, one picture which caught caught my eye, of course, so very quickly. Uh, Manchester United hosting Leeds. Yes, I've uh, I've I've brought uh, Marcus Rashford into my fantasy um, uh, this weekend. In fact, I've captained him. I expect this to be a bit of a a bit of a goal getter. I mean, yeah. Leeds. Um, if if they if they're as porous as they were in midweek, you know, against um, to be honest, I mean, apart from Liverpool, the best uh, excuse me, Tottenham probably the best uh, counter attacking side of the league. Man United at the minute. Um, I mean, they showed that uh, with a sensational third goal at Bramall Lane uh, last night. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I expect, as I say, Leeds to dominate possession, but United to exploit that. Um, I, I'd go for a scoring win for Manchester United, but it'll definitely be an entertaining matchup. OK, uh, yeah, entertaining. So I'll keep an eye on that and some very interesting ties. Uh and yeah, it's typically a very good week of Premier League football, actually. Uh, Man City travelling to Southampton, too. That'll be a good test for uh, yes. Man City. Very tough test. No, it will be a particularly uh, tough test. Um, you know, Gary Neville's made uh, waves in the media for saying that his analysis, well, you know, with uh, his analysis of um, 
Manchester City this season, but, you know, he suspects that they're bored more than anything. And um, that's the last thing that you want to be against a really, you know, fun, creative, um, flamboyant's the wrong word, but energetic, vivacious uh, Southampton team. Uh, that they'll face and Southampton will definitely uh, have their tails up for it and you know the 2,000 fans that will be in St Mary's will you know um, uh, definitely be of benefit to them Indeed yeah so that's the Premier League wrapped up uh, you want to start in the Championship? Yeah, uh, and I think we should uh, start with uh, a team um, who are not only top of the league but one of our two wins in a week side uh, in Norwich City they march on despite their horrendous, horrendous injury injury crisis. Um, you know, uh, and you know, two teams against two teams. Sorry, uh, who you know, I mean, look like really you know possible contenders for playoffs at the end of this season. I mean, Blackburn Rovers have been in uh, very good attacking form recently. Demand well, in the form of his life, and that is Harvey Elliott. They're both the very typical. Uh tough places to go in the league, you know, plucky, mid-table, playoff type, type of sides, you get what I yeah. mean, that they'll give you, and uh, to perform at these sorts of places at this consistent basis, so that's, this is the mark of potent, like very clear potential champions uh, to get these sorts of results, and Timu Puki being on form has helped, he's still up and at it, and uh, he's, he, he, so that's three goals in two games. Yeah. One of them was a penalty, of course. And Emiliano Buendia, I think he's amongst the top five. I think he's, he's, the, he's created the most amount of chances since 2017 or some crazy stat like that in the English football. Yes, uh, that, that, that sounds likely. And, you know, Emi Buendia is back to adding goals uh, to all that this season, which, you know, were, were absent from his game in the Premier League last year. I mean, uh, I'm sure the, the Premier League Sharks will be sniffing around him again in, in January. Um uh, another, you know, player from Norwich who deserves a shout out in their recent form is uh, Michael McGovern uh, in goal. Obviously, Tim Krul's injury, you know, scared a lot of Norwich fans, um, rightfully so, given how strong he's been for them over the past uh, one and a half years um, since he really had an upturn in form in the Premier League. Uh, but you know, McGovern has stepped up and you know made some really crucial saves at Reading, um, especially one flying into the uh, top corner from Oviedo's free kick. Uh, clawing it out, a very, very good save indeed. Um, uh, on uh, just quickly on Reading, I'm sure. Um, uh, well, at least I hope that Gareth Southgate is um, talking to our Mark Lisa's dad or agent or whoever or himself, whoever decides these things and you know tries to get him to switch allegiance from France. Um, it's a pretty easy sell, I think, given the amount of quality coming through France uh, right now. You know, to say yeah, come on over here. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, the kid is absolutely destined for a Premier League and maybe, you know, uh, not only the Premier League, but um, uh, uh, greater things beyond that, you know, potentially even a Champions League starter in the future. Uh, he's another, you know, uh, sensational up-and-coming talent, which is, uh, you know, uh, one of the reasons why we uh, we love the EFL so much. Yeah, indeed. Uh, some of the players on show, uh, such as... Uh... It's truly amazing. Um, uh, do you want to talk about uh, near the bottom of the league? 
Nottingham Forest. Yes. Uh, and Sheffield Wednesday. Yes. Uh, another <laughs> topic of conversation between us and Shirt uh, in midweek. Um, a a scoreline that uh, did not reflect the flow of the game, but in um, the fact that, you know, um, Forest really should have, you know, put three or four past them instead of just two. Um, a totally, totally, totally abject performance uh, from from Sheffield Wednesday. Um, well, this is the thing, uh, Alf. If you're going to be negative, it's either you're going to nick it or it's going to be abject. Yeah. Uh, there's no nothing to fall back on. You can't claim the whole uh, we tried or we gave in the effort. And uh, this is one of those games just went this way. A 5-4-1 uh, playing Kadim Harris on the right and Barry Bannon on the left. Adam, Adam Reach, you know... Uh, you know, who's who in the 2018-19 season in the Championship uh, lit up the league with performances at number 10 and now he's getting uh, thrown at left wing-back. Also, uh, Pelupisi getting a fair amount of uh, hate from uh, Sheffield Wednesday. He's one, one of the most, yeah, he's, well, for being one of the most limited uh, centre midfielders in the Championship, it seems. Um, and, you know, <laughs> when one of your two midfielders in a double pivot is limited. Um, you know, you can sometimes get away with that in a midfield three. Um, or, you know, maybe that's even a benefit to you, but it's much more exposed than a midfield two. Um, the, the key storyline uh, uh, from this game has been uh, Moses Odebejo, um high-fiving uh, Lewis Graben after he, he uh, put Nottingham Forest 2-0 up. Um, he's, he, he's come out on Twitter to uh, try and defend it by saying, oh, no, I was laughing at him because I thought there's no way the goal's going to be allowed um, because of um, the foul on uh, Tom Lees in the lead-up to the goal. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> there's just absolutely no excuse for that. It's um, it's incredibly naive, and um, I can definitely sympathise with uh, Sheffield United fans who have the opinion that you should never um, put on the shirt. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's no point. Uh, people do see things, even if there aren't fans in there. And uh, it, it's difficult, and this shouldn't be done. It's not the attitude you want to see. But, yeah, you know what? Uh, Sheffield United, uh, can they... OK, there's a seven, there's seven points off out the relegation zone between Nottingham Forest and Derby, who are now level on points. Yeah. Uh, is Pulis the right man? Can his... Uh, you know, conservative get points where you can approach help them because they really need to start winning their home games. Yes, um, they're at home to Coventry tomorrow. Well, it's the, uh, the worst. Um, uh, yeah, well, Tony Pugh has had the worst start uh, as a Sheffield Wednesday manager ever. Um, wow, uh, at least in his opening eight games, I think. Um, numerous defeats in a row. Uh, I think it's on five now. Uh, maybe four only, but I mean, either way, it's pretty abject. Uh, it's difficult because, like, it, there's this there's this idea that at some point it's going to turn around with Tony Pulis and he'll finally start grinding out results. Um, but in his past jobs, I mean, uh, that that that's been immediate. Um, and and you know, football has changed, albeit only slightly. Uh, the championship has changed since he the Middlesbrough job. 
uh, to be honest, I, I, I see no reason why, you know, going even more direct um, and even more fundamental and industrious in style of play um, is going to, you know, finally, finally get some results for them. Um, especially with a, you know, a pretty tough run of fixtures uh, coming up. And, you know, that, that, that's been exacerbated by Tony Pulis, uh, as, as you mentioned on Tuesday night, Aki, to me, him coming out and saying that essentially my players aren't good enough, which uh, to say to a, a uh, you know, publicly ab- about a group of players who for a period were in, um, were in the playoffs under Gary Monk last season uh, is a pretty, is a pretty far-fetched thing to say. Indeed. Uh, and if the players aren't good enough for Pulis, who's bought in normally when the players aren't actually good enough, then that's a serious yeah. problem. No, no, it really is. And, and you do fear for them with um, <laughs> cliche Gaxon um, when, you know, excuse me, Wickham, you know, are looking, uh, have been very unlucky in recent weeks and, you know, uh, are looking like uh, they're, they're putting in 100% every week to, you know, you know, stay up and have been unlucky in recent weeks. And, yeah, upturns in form for Coventry and Nottingham Forest and even Derby County um, as, well, as well under Wayne Rooney with a, with a very impressive tuna win over Swansea uh, in midweek. Um, you know, the, the other relegation candidates instead of Sheffield Wednesday are, are dwindling by the, by the week, uh, it, at least in this, you know, Christmas period. Um, and so, and so, the points need to come faster. Well, the points need to come fast. They've got a big game at home to Coventry, which is the kind of game they need to win, as I mentioned. Uh, and the pictures are coming thick and fast. Uh, you'd think Tony Felix would base his style around drilling players. He doesn't have the time for that this season, does he? To uh, instill that uh, rigid defensive mentality for it to be extent, uh, for it to be. Uh, for it to work, essentially, for it to be cohesive. Well, 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 new managers don't have a lot of time for anything this season. I mean, basically, you know, I mean, how many proper training sessions will, will clubs in the Championship have a week? Two? Really? You know, given given how um, intense a fixture this is and how it's literally been Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday um, for the last, you know, six weeks uh, without the international break. Um uh, which obviously we've enjoyed a lot, but you know, perhaps managers haven't in you know instilling uh, new ideas with their players. I mean, you know, uh, with such a as I say, an intense fiction, the priority has to be recovery sessions. You know, uh, yeah, and uh, it, it, yeah, it, as I say, it's just it, it's very difficult with that as well to see how you know Pulis is gonna. Uh, use you know training sessions on top of that to instill his ideas as well. Yeah, uh, it, it'll be difficult. Uh, they're prioritizing recovery, and uh, it's I I don't see it personally. I I don't think there's a lot of cause for optimism. No, there. No, I, I don't think anyone <laughs> does really, and I think that's even the case with Sheffield Wednesday fans. You know, some of them even you know were as was so far away last season, uh, or you know. Uh, disillusion, sorry, I should say, last season where, you know, they were saying, let's just take the points deduction now and get it over and done with. with yeah, with it isn't a bad shout, actually. Yeah. Uh, do you want to have a quick word on uh, League One, Alf, or do you want to, any other games yes. in the Championship? Yes. Uh, no, we can, uh, we, we, we can move on to League One where there is plenty of topic for conversation. For this week. Yeah. Uh, sympathies with Sunderland. Wrong time to get a, a yes. COVID uh, 
mini well, COVID. Uh... It, it, I mean, it, it, in the sense that they were, you know, after such a emphatic and positive performance against Lincoln, yes, I totally agree. But I mean, the point we've just talked about about uh, new managers, you know, uh, not having the time to instill their ideas this season, their new ideas. Um, you know, a few weeks off for Sunderland might be just for tonic for Lee Johnson. I mean, yes, it's going to have to be virtual. Uh, the majority of what he's going to say, or at least what he's going to say to the majority of players is going to be virtual. Um, but I mean, you know, that, that, that's better than not getting the message across at all. Uh, you know, and, you know, there, there is that possibility that, you know, Sunderland will come back to uh, fulfilling fixtures um, in two weeks' time. Uh, like, uh, you know, invigorated, um, uh, and, you know, full of, full of new and exciting ideas. Um, uh, and, you know, it'll, the fact that they'll, you know, have games in hand will, you know, get their tails up uh, and, you know, make them hungry for points and think, you know, right, okay, this is not points we need for these games in hand to, you know, catch up into the playoff places. Um, uh, so so it, it, it's not all bad news at the Stadium of Light. Um, especially the way they dealt with um, uh, the COVID outbreak on Tuesday. They had a very heavily rotated squad against Wimbledon. Yes, a draw at home to Wimbledon is not an ideal result on paper, uh, but they did deserve to win the game. Uh, you know, uh, 73% possession and, you know, uh, uh, 10 shots. Um, it's this problem of conversion for Sunderland again, but I'm sure, you know, uh, Lee Johnson has the tools uh, to improve that. Okay, so yeah, uh, Lee Johnson, you're saying it could be a blessing in disguise, which it could be. But uh, speaking of uh, other games, you want to talk about uh, your I, beloved? I, 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 I really do. I mean, all bias aside, um, uh, and I, I, I don't want to. This is not to belittle your beloved Northampton Town, Ackham. Um, but uh, well, well, I don't love them as much as you. Yes, love Oxford, no, very so, true, very true. Um, but. You know, this was not a match-up between the side in 19th and the side in 17th. This was a match-up, at least on the night, between a playoff automatic promotion side and a side who look like they're going to finish bottom of the league, to be really honest. Um, like, a, a level of domination in a League One game that hasn't been seen so far this season. That's not an exaggeration. No. Um, like, we absolutely tore you to shreds. In, in, in it was poor from enough um, and um, a, a dangerous uh, limitation. Uh, well, you know, dangerously limited Northampton side. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll reserve criticism about because we all know Northampton squad is basically an averagely two side, and Keith Cole's working a miracle. Um, but you know, focusing back on yellows, um, uh, I think a particularly reassuring thing. I mean, we know we can play with that um, swagger. Uh, and style going forward. Uh, but it's really nice to see another clean sheet and, you know, restricting Northampton to not a single shot on target, um, even though, you know, playing 35-year-old John Messina in defence, who wasn't even meant to be a member of the squad this season because he was meant to retire, uh, is, definitely, is definitely not ideal. Um, I thought that, although the change, you know, of Messina off at half-time, Claire coming on at right-back and Sam Long moving the centre-back, you know, uh, did give us a, a better uh, ball-playing platform in defence. Um, two two absolutely standout players for Oxford, though, were were, were Alex Green um, in defensive midfield. 
um, you know, a player who, you know, been slipping around, sniffing around the, over the summer and, you know, is, you know, last season in a 4-3-3 was completely, you know, the destroyer of the side, breaks up play, passes it to Brannigan or Dickey and takes a yellow card. And then, you know, after he gets the yellow card, you know, Carl Robinson says he serves very little purpose, so we've got to get him off. Um, but, I mean, he's taking on the mantle of destroyer and creator uh, this season uh, and even our new penalty taker as well, uh, lest we forget. Um, when Matty Taylor's not on the pitch, at least. And, um, uh, yeah, uh, if he continues in this form, then, then it's really positive news. And, I mean, I've already got him on the back of our new uh, home kit uh, this season, which I got in the Black Friday sale. Happy days. And wow. uh, the the other person is Marcus McGuan, uh, who who's just a player we've been missing so far this season, or the profile of player, I should say, uh, that we've been missing this season. Um, you know, someone who could, you know, carry the ball uh, so as to create um, overloads in specific areas of the pitch and, uh, you know, to carry the ball for long enough time to, you know, allow our fullbacks uh, and our other midfielders to get forward and join the attacks. Um, and, uh, and, you know, if, if you couple that with his, you know, uh, exceptional ability to switch to play, um, like he did uh, for our second goal, um, then then that's really positive. And I, I think, um, you know, Green and Maguan in, in the 4-3-3, Green and Maguana, you know, absolutely essential names on the team sheet. And I mean, whoever that third midfielder is, uh, come second. I mean, it's likely to be Liam Kelly or James Henry. Um, but I mean, yeah, as I say, Green and Maguan are going to be absolutely crucial if we to, you know, A, get out of the relegation scrap and then B, potentially not getting my hopes up uh, uh, beyond. I'm not, you know, quite with the uh, section of Oxford fans who, um, uh, you know, already, you know, looking at the points difference between uh, uh, between 17th and 6th. Uh, it's definitely not at that stage Yeah, We can't get too carried away. Um, similarly with us, um, frustrating that uh, uh, Brittle Roses' uh, COVID outbreak, the team we were due to play this weekend has happened because um, uh, I definitely fancy ourselves to get a run going. Um, but uh, that, is, that is the way of things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, some interesting squad decisions for Carl Robinson and a great result. And um, just the final uh, topic of conversation in League One, um, uh, we have to talk about uh, Shrewsbury Town, um, side who looked pretty doomed, to be honest, this season under Sam Ricketts. Um, the two wins in a row under the uh, one of the kings of League One in Steve Cotterill and the Simon Grayson uh, <laughs> League of Managers. Uh, and another win uh, uh, for, for for Shrewsbury, and their, their positivity continues. I mean, um, yeah. away at Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, Lincoln. We shouldn't worry too much about them. I mean, this tail off in form was, you know, pretty uh, inevitable. Uh, well, not inevitable, but likely. Um, That's undefeated in five games for. Uh, uh, uh... That's one of the best forms in the league, yeah. I think. At the and I mean, you know, this switch to 3 5 2, you know, Cotterell's beloved formation, which he did so well with uh, at Bristol City uh, uh, in that 14 15 season where they got the record points total, uh, is working wonders again. I mean, Rashawn Williams, Ebanks Lentil, Aaron Pierre, that's a, that's a, you know, really uh, quality uh, back three for League One level. Um, you know, Sean Goss, obviously, you know, ex United player who's touted as the next Michael Carrick for a period, um, uh, playing. Uh, very well in the centre of the park alongside Josh Feller, uh, who was obviously really hotly rated by Bolton. He was a great on football manager uh, 2016, uh, I think. You know, Charlie Daniels brings 
you know, a great degree of experience. Um, you know, a Premier League player with Bournemouth, uh, well, five years, um, you know, and, and started for a solid percentage of that. And, you know, to have a, uh, a player like that uh, in the squad in, in, in League One is, you know, it is like gold dust. Um, and, uh, I, you know, under the stewardship of Cotterell, I, I really do uh, expect them to claw their, claw their way out of it um, uh, very soon. Well, that could be quite a story in, in League yeah. One because especially in, in leagues like this, 2014, you could easily drift yeah. away no, absolutely. and uh, to pick yourself up. And uh, th- this could be at the expense of Swindon Elf. So, yes, uh, it could. And, I mean, to be... Uh, not to be the voice of doom, but it could be at the expense of Northampton as well. Uh, oh, potentially, but... yeah. Well, Northampton could be dragged into yeah. it. Uh, oh, yeah, they could be. Oh, indeed. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, the positives for Oxford, Shrewsbury, MK Dons, you know, side to a, you know, finally proving, Bristol Rose as well, you know, finally proving that they're better uh, than their start of the season suggested. Um you know, the worry with that was, you know, oh, you know, it's a pretty strong league one this year, but we're seeing those tail offs in form now. Uh, you know, Northampton, yes, they're one of them, but Plymouth Argyle are a really worrying example of one. Um, you know, such a positive start under Ryan Lyon now that's um uh, that's under threat. And I mean uh, if you're honest, I think I think the same's gonna ha- be happening with Gillingham uh, pretty soon. Um uh, and and so yeah, it's it's uh uh, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how the relegation scrap uh, morphs in terms of its contenders uh, over the Christmas break. So yeah, a League One relegation substitution, something keep something to keep an eye on. But uh, tonight it's Hull versus Portsmouth. Yes, first versus absolutely tasty, tasty uh, uh, game in League One um, uh, for us to enjoy. Uh, I'm sure when I'm, uh, I'm doing uh, the cooking uh, for my Christmas dinner with uh, our certain friends uh, this evening, uh, we'll, we'll definitely be having uh, that game on Sky on uh, in the background uh, to entertain us all. Um, it, you know, the, bat- the battle of the direct, uh, you know, between um, uh, uh, John Marquis and Tom Eaves uh, will, be, will be a very uh, uh, dif- uh, fun uh, matchup to see. And um, I mean, it's going to do wonders to which wins. I mean, Portsmouth will continue their optimism, but if Hull win, it puts an end to their lull in form, and uh, you know, kind of reinvigorates their, their promotion push. So this could be a turning point in the season, uh, the way this yeah. game goes. Um, and with the time we have left, um, I think it's really important for us to uh, quickly turn to Lee too and talk about Grimsby Town. Who have been, you know, one of our yes, they've been our favourite topic of conversation in League Two uh, this season. But I mean, when Ian Holloway's a manager in League Two, um, I, th- I, I think they can't really not be, if if you see what I mean. Um, with you know, Southend have arguably been the worst team in the EFL two seasons running, effectively playing in you know an academy uh, for the last two years. Again, look doomed for relegation from League Two this season. But I mean, Mark Molesley is is doing an absolutely phenomenal job, um, and you know, uh, continued that in midweek. You know, beating Grimsby three one in front of two thousand fans at Roots Hall. Um, you know, a nice bit of joy for them to finally savour this season. Um, and you know, just so many worrisome worrisome areas across the pitch for Grimsy. I mean Luke Waterfall's red card, their only experienced centre back now on their books is gonna, you know, really compromise them. 
But for all the problems on the pitch, um, obviously off the pitch, um, in the immediate aftermath of the game, you know, fans' opinion beginning to turn. Uh, Ian Holloway with another um, snappy uh, post-match press conference. Um, and, I mean, yesterday he took to, to Twitter in a typically lengthy uh, Ian Holloway thread um, to say that he's not going anywhere unless he's told to. Um, he's not walking away from a fight. He says there's a lot of mud to sling at the moment, but it's important that we stick together and it's important that I focus on the fans and not the board. He's going to, you know, totally focus on the football uh, from now on and that, you know, he's going to use his social media uh, more regularly to build up trust uh, between himself and the fans and to be more open uh, with the fans, which, you know, obviously, as he's talked about in various podcasts that he's been on, notably the James Alcott one, that's what, you know, what at least one of the key things that, you know, uh, undid him at uh, Leicester and Plymouth uh, before he took the Blackpool job. Um, and, you know, they, Grimsby obviously looked at their fixtures before Mansfield uh, at the weekend, you know, for Mansfield uh, and then Scunthorpe this weekend in the big derby. Uh, you know, what a potential for points here. Um, but I mean, with Scunthorpe also, you know, experiencing an upturn in form, it is very worrying times with Grimsby. And, you know, Holloway's going to have to soon put the money where his mouth is and, you know, have an upturn in form because, um, yes, the squad is not where he wants to be, but it's definitely not bad enough to be in relegation crap in the most difficult league to get relegated from in, in this whole country. Uh, well, that thing about him using social media is interesting because if he used tweets like he talks, well, then we're in for some entertaining. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um but, I mean, you know, that, that's definitely the fixture of the weekend in League Two, Grimsby versus Scunthorpe. As I say, not only, you know, the big uh, the big um, Lincolnshire slash weirdly Yorkshire uh, derby. Um, I forget the road that runs in between Grimsby and Scunthorpe. Uh, but that's what they, they, they call the derby. Um, but, you know, also, you know, a, a real uh, grudge match at the bottom of the league. Yeah, indeed. But, yeah. Very interesting drama in League Two, though. Uh, you, you look at the tables. Uh, well, uh, so uh, I think very similar to League One because I think anyone up to 19th is in this uh, relegation race yeah. uh, with Mansfield down well, there, Bradford down there. Talk about a big name going down into the conference of that. Well, I mean, I mean, you do say that, but again, there's uh, there, there, there's potential for change. I mean, you know. Oldham Athletic and Harrogate are suffering, you know, bad downturns in form despite, you know, Harrogate. Talk about Barrow, that's five defeats in a row. They're 22nd. Yeah, um, yeah Barrow, Barrow as well. I mean, a pretty hard suck it, uh, sucking uh, for David Dunn uh, in midweek, but that's the way it goes. And I mean, we don't want to, you know, simplify things on this podcast, but, you know, <laughs> Nigel Clough taking over a Mansfield tied with very good financial backing, it would be an absolute miracle uh, if they were even in the relegation scrap come the end of the season, never mind, you know, uh, in the relegation zone itself. Uh, and, and so I do expect Mansfield to experience an upturn in form. Uh, and, you know, even, even Southend now, they're beating in three games, you know, two wins on the trot. And, you know, it's only, you know, two more points before they're above Barrow and outside the relegation zone. You know, um, points deduction withstanding, we should caveat that with. And, well, I mean, 
all of our talk on the League Two relegation uh, scrap should be caveated with, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Stevenage and Southend uh, and Scunthorpe no. with regards to points deductions. Um, uh, but it, it'll definitely be something to keep an eye on, and it won't be as clear cut as last season, where even if something no. stayed up. Well, this is the thing with League Two. I mean, you have to be bad to be relegated from this yeah. league, and I think this Not season bad, we're seeing bad. that, <laughs> like bad, bad. Like, well, the thing is, teams go into the conference and struggle. So I think, that's yeah, no, they really do, and uh, I mean that, you know. Uh, like we we really I know because obviously it, it's you know extremely unlikely to happen because the EFL won't do it it's not in their interest but it, it well they say it's not in their interest but it is in their interest to get three relegated three sides relegated from League Two and three up from the National League because there's so much quality in the National League now it's it's uh, it's the smallest step up in English football National League to League Two um, it, it really is um, I mean we we've seen that with Salford and Harrogate and you know. You know, I, I'm sure we would have seen it with Barrow this season had their squad not been decimated and they not lost Ian Everett, you know. Uh, um, and I mean, even then, you know, Blackpool, uh, excuse me, Barrow have not been getting their just rewards so far this season. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's League Two and uh, some interesting thoughts on that. And uh, I think that wraps up the show. I think we've previewed everything. Uh, quick, Quickly, you're looking in League One. Uh just very quickly, we've talked about Hull and uh, Portsmouth. Uh, looking forward, uh, Charlton travel to Swindon and Northampton entertain Lincoln. So that'll be an interesting tie, uh, Northampton v Lincoln. Uh, obviously, Lincoln coming in. Uh... Yes, no, no, it really will be. And, you know, important for uh, Keith Kell to try and get some optimism back into to six fields at the moment. But as for Swindon Charlton, um you know, Charlton will be annoyed that they weren't allowed to build on their win at Wimbledon in midweek with, you know, Bristol Rovers obviously having the COVID outbreak. Uh, it's uh, a great opportunity uh, to, you know, get another three points against us when the side who, um, you know, uh, Oxford winner side uh, has have, have, have still been really poor under the new manager, Tom Sheridan. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, I think it'll be the first time this season where Charlton are away uh, in front of fans, uh, which may give an edge. Yeah, uh, but I do expect a fairly routine win uh, for Charlton. Well, uh, that's that should that's all for today. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone, and uh, we'll be on live uh, after Boxing Day next time. I think. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think we'll now. do it on uh, the Sunday after Boxing Day to talk. Um, Talk yeah. of all of the Boxing Day action and uh, this weekend, the weekend before as well. Yeah, so there, there'll be a lot to get through then, and that'll be a much longer show as we'll have plenty yes. of time on our hands. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you then. Bye. <laughs>